So in terms of life-changing books, the books that have changed your life, I would say that my number one pick is... I hear that you've started Duolingo, and I don't know yet what language you're learning. Wait, can I guess? Yeah, please do. Pratarysvenska? Uh, no. Ah, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Irish? No. French? You already speak French, but... Nope. Spanish? No. Nope. High Valyrian? Nope. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just going through my head of what languages are on Duolingo. Like Norwegian? Sorry? Norwegian? No. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, yes, Norwegian. And I'm like, why the hell are you learning Norwegian? <laughs> because I got an internship in Norway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Can you tell me what continent this language is mainly spoken on? Or if there's multiple, which ones? I'm going to go with Europe. Portuguese. I guess that's South America as well. I think that's my highest score on Duolingo still, but not right now. Uh, why Portuguese? Because back in like grade nine, I was dating a Brazilian girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I started learning <laughs> Portuguese. Oh, it was all the way back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I still I have the know. same account and it has all the same stats from before. I didn't even know Duolingo was around that long. Yeah, man. It's been around a while. So I've got like... 10 languages probably on there from the various yeah. from over the course <laughs> wow. of the years i'll come back every now and then and like do maybe a dozen sessions or something in a new one i swear i'm gonna guess this language um russian nope okay wait why are you learning this language oh man that 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 gives it away entirely latin yes ah okay because you want to go to the vatican and talk to the pope exactly yeah 100 percent does the Pope speak Latin? Oh, yeah. Hype. Everybody in the Vatican would speak it at least a little because all those lads are about Latin. Fair enough. The... But yeah, started Latin. Ita. Huh. Sorry? Ita. It means yes in Latin. Give us a, a phrase in Latin each each podcast and and we can see the progression. There you go. Yeah, it'll slowly, slowly get better. I don't know how intense I'm going to be about it. Like I haven't done any today. But mm -hmm. you're breaking your streak. Maybe. Duos maybe gonna kill your family. Man, I've got other streaks and things to maintain. Duos kind of nuts. That's true. Yeah, I put one of the videos in the show notes last time. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> speaking of lists and stuff, for this podcast, we've done a bit of preparation. This is sort of an, uh, almost a, a book club. So, if you want to pretend you're participating then you can follow along and also say your top five books of your life and we won't hear you but you know you can email us or something yeah that'd actually be cool toss it in the reddit or something i don't know true i haven't been on the reddit in a minute neither have i <laughs> but it's continuing to post episodes there because i set it up to do it automatically so oh good. good yeah Makes finally figured out how to do that because hmm. i missed like five but now it's good Perfect. I mean, it'd be helpful if one of us was there, but... I might pop on sometime. But yeah, no, that would be sick. So what we're going to do is go through the top five most influential books of our life. What has influenced us? What has changed our life the most? So if you have some books, or if you have a few that you can think of, write them down right now. Follow along. That'd be cool. Please do. Maybe Preferably you'll have some five. of the same ones. 
I mean, like, I guess we're not gonna check, so you can play by your own rules. But ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna release a, a disclaimer upon ooh, okay. uh, my list here. So, my girlfriend Sangi, shout out, her mom writes books, and I mm. own three of them, and they're quite good. But I have not included them in my list because I feel like that would be biased. Mm. And I also have only read them semi recently. Okay. I, I would be biased if I included them or did not include them. So they're just out of the equation. That's yeah. cool, actually. What does she write about? She has one about like prayer, how some religious practices can mesh with modern living, and some about like romantic compatibility. Send me some links. I'll drop them in the show notes. One more quick disclaimer from the version of Aiden who is currently editing this episode. Throughout this episode, of course, we're talking about the books that have impacted our lives the most. And in order to do this, we really get into some of the details and a lot of spoilers for some of the books. If you care about the spoilers, please feel free to pause the episode at any time. With each of the books, we name the book, then describe it a bit, and then get into the details. So feel free to just, whenever you hear a book that you want to read, pause the episode go speed read the book, maybe come back in an hour or two and finish the podcast episode. Also, I'm going to be dropping all of the book titles into the show notes. I'll do it in a randomized order so it doesn't spoil which ones are our number ones, number twos, all that. So if any of you guys want to try and figure out which of the books are Evan's picks and which of the books are mine, as well as maybe what order they are in, if you feel like it could be a fun game, send me some messages, maybe on the Reddit or the Patreon or something, posted in the comments of one of our posts. That would be really cool. I'd love to know if pick out which books we've chosen. Anyways, that's enough from me. Let's get back to past Evan and Abe. But anyway, so we're going from five to one, so least influential to most influential. Yeah. Relatively. Obviously, they're all quite good because they're in our top five. But... Yeah, these are all excellent picks, but as we go forward, they're going to have more and more of an impact on our lives so why don't you start all right so my fifth book on the list is limitless by jim quick is that the one that was adapted into the bradley cooper movie it came out about a month ago so i'm going with no okay (laughs) because there's a bradley cooper movie called limitless where he takes a drug to like expand his mind i mean similar topic or field the guy, Jim Quick, he has a podcast as well. And he actually, I think, uses a clip from that movie for the introduction. It's like, uh, what if you could expand your mind? The human brain only uses 20% of its capacity. What if we could use all of it? Which is false, but you know what? That I mean. is false, yeah. We use 100%, actually. Yeah. Jim gets <laughs> into that. Yeah. Oh, he does. What does he say? Yeah, that we do use 100% of our brains. Yeah, this is all useful. <laughs> That's the opening of the Limitless movie. Is like, human beings only use 20% of their brain. But like, what the hell would the rest of it be for? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. What's interesting is that what you actually want is the opposite, to use as little of your brain as possible. Because that's what kind of happens when you go into the flow state, when you're really focused, is that other parts of your brain shut off and you just become more efficient. And like the parts of your brain that you're using, there's like less of them. And now they're like really fueled up. It's only them working. So you're able to be or work a lot better. And this is referenced in the book. I don't think so. I think that's from some other 
content about flow that I read. So what's what's the main reason you you think this book is top five in, influential good book? So the reason it's number five is because it just came out and I don't totally know what impact it's having on my life. Yeah. But I think it's really expanded my concept of what's possible because, I mean, there are a number of things. It talked about speed reading a little bit, how to read like really fast, Okay. <laughs> which is very cool. And I want to try and get better at. One of the things that I did or I started yesterday was trying to read a book a day mm-hmm. to just get through it as much as possible. Yeah, absorb as much information as possible. And the other thing he talked about quite a bit was memory and how to really improve your memory. How so? Generally speaking, I mean, there's a few ways to increase your memory, but like a couple mnemonic tricks. Like one thing he walked me through in the book was if you have a list of, say, 10 words to create a story and you're able to remember them all that way. Actually, I read this like a week ago. Can I still remember all the words in the story he provided? That's a test and a half. What are they? Fire hydrant, balloon, battery, basket, board, diamond, knight, ox, toothpaste, sign. I'm guessing there's a knight riding an ox with a diamond in his helmet somewhere in there. No, actually. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. It's that there's this giant fire hydrant. It's really huge, and it's got a bunch of balloons on it. And the balloons, there's so many of them that it pulls it up into the sky. But then it starts getting berated by batteries in these baskets that are being launched by a board of wood seesawing on a diamond. But then there's a knight that comes along and steals the diamond and runs off with it. But then he runs into an ox. And the only way to get past the ox is to brush its teeth with toothpaste. And then when he gets past the ox, he sees a giant sign that says congratulations. I feel like that would be a good way to write stories. Just get a list of random, like, just Ooh, from that's a dictionary an random. activity. Yeah. Um, but that's that's similar to, he probably mentions this too, but that's similar to what I use, which I started using just by myself, like independently. But then I read that this was actually like a thing and there was a name for it. Apparently, like what I do is I sort of make a picture or a scene. Mm, yeah. And apparently that's called a memory palace. Like, let's say with those words, you would like have like a scene or like a picture where all those things are included in different areas. Yeah, he didn't specifically say memory palace, but more or less the same thing. He actually mm. used something very similar when he talked about giving speeches using what he called the Loki method, which is Ooh, picturing. Spooky. It's even more spooky, actually, because the whole thing originates from a building collapse in ancient Greece and how a guy was able to identify all the bodies by imagining the room before it collapsed and where everybody was standing. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. So the Loki method, yeah? Yeah, so say you have 10 points or areas you have to cover in your speech. What you want to do is picture a place that you know really well. It can be somewhere in your house, like a room or something, or it can be a park or a trail, you know, just some place you know really well. And then you have to pick 10 locations or things along that room or that location. Just distinct objects or places or things that you can remember. And then tie them to the points of your speech. And then as you, in your mind, walk through the room. So like walk around the room looking at all the things or walk along the path seeing all the things. And then that walks you through the speech. I like that. 
That's sort of the memory palace thing as well. Yeah, it's basically the same thing, I think. Why is it called yeah. the Loki method? It's from Locus, which is like oh, focal oh. point. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking L O K I. I was like, Loki. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like from Thor. Yeah. And it's just really reassuring to know that if you just have the right mindset, the right motivation, and the right methods, you can basically do anything. You can remember stuff. You can read as fast as you want, absorb info like nobody else. So based on your number five, I, I'm confident in saying that our lists are going to be vastly different. I I imagined, yeah. Yeah. Mine are four and a half out of five fiction. Interesting. I have so. zero fiction, actually. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I could not think of a single fiction that had an impact that i could explain on my life maybe there have been some like way back but I... there are some solid fictions that i've read but my number five it's like not had an impact in my uh, on my life in the way of like oh now i meditate for an hour a day or like something like that mm -hmm. but it made an impact because i love it so much and because of the message behind it i'm gonna write down a couple of books that i think you have there's one that i think you'll be able to predict probably or at least the author. All right, I can only I can only think of three off the top of my head that I know you've talked about a few times. Okay, we'll, well, we'll see if they come up. But my number five, yeah, just because I love it so much and just because of the like message sort of behind it, is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Interesting. Okay. Because I read it. It's for a few reasons. I read it when I was quite young. I think it was like ten or eleven. I love the. Uh, adventure sort of in it like the the message sometimes you need to leave home and like have your own sort of adventure that's like the main theme of it have you read it interesting i haven't actually read it no. now is yeah just like because it encourages you to like see what's out there sort of like see what's in the world and i i quite like it because i have my grandfather's version he gave me from i don't know it's very old <laughs> i don't know <laughs> when specifically but uh, so I, I quite like that. Yeah, just because it's such a such a good book with just like like en encouraging, like just go see the world. Would recommend yeah. reading it. It's actually a much easier read than The Lord of the Rings. So I've heard. Yeah, people keep on telling me to read it. I was a kid when I read The Hobbit. Like kids can definitely read The Hobbit. That's how easy a read it is. And then Lord of the Rings is like, <laughs> you have to be committed. <laughs> the Hobbit's like, this, this, these are the people that go there and do this. And that's, it. and then the lord of the rings is like you get introduced to one character and then it takes like a chapter explaining his like past five generations and like where he lives and stuff and then just like back to it he like isn't even a large role it's just like so this guy who delivered the mail his <laughs> grandfather fought in the battle of whatever and you're like okay sick i don't really care fun okay by the way the hobbit movies not good Especially compared yeah. to the book. There's so much that wasn't in the book and so much that was in the book that they didn't add. Although not, not that much that was in the book they didn't add because it was one relatively short book and they made three long movies. So I know, yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, number five. Yeah, the that's Hobbit. a wholesome choice. I like it. Yeah, very good book. Now you're number four. All right, number four on my list is Educated by Tara Westover. My mom has just read that. It is excellent. God really? damn. Yeah. What's that about again? It is about a Mormon girl who 
So, oh, okay, yeah, it is that one. Yeah, her family were like religious extremists. Very much so, yeah, like constantly prepping for the apocalypse, like hoarding food yeah. and weapons and stuff, trying to live off the grid. So, yeah, why did you why did you pick that as your number four? I think it was that it just gave me a really powerful reminder that you can actually do anything that you put your mind to, that it is possible no matter the disadvantages. Because this girl had absolutely no education, basically, other than the little bit of like staring at a couple textbooks she'd done. But yeah. she got into university and then she got into grad school and is a PhD now. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Dr. Tara Westover. Yeah, exactly. Like she studied at Oxford, I think, for her PhD Damn. and was a, what do you call it? A visiting fellow or something at Harvard for a semester or two hmm. during her PhD? Yeah. It's quite impressive. I know. So it's like, goddamn. So not only is it just fantastic read, like goddamn fantastic story, hmm. it's also pretty inspiring. That's that's quite a wholesome pick for you. Yeah. Although I understand, I understand there's some like kind of like messed up parts of the book just because of the whole situation, but yeah, there's a lot of messed up shit that goes on in that family. Okay, interesting pick. That's I honestly wouldn't have thought. Uh, I, I I thought yours would would all be like number five. It's a lot of like number five, but I decided to throw that one in there mm -hmm. as well. That was also a more recent read, but so I don't know if there's a recency bias in there, but I, mm -hmm. I think it's good. So for for my Number four, I chose the Tao Te Ching. On my list. Love it. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I read that in high school. Yeah, and then I think I read it after you. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of it? To be honest, I can't remember most of it at this point. Yeah. It's not a story, really. It's not yeah. like... It is, I guess, now a religious book for Taoists. Okay. But... It's not a Bible or anything. There's no stories in it. It's just like a sort of poetry book, I guess. The passages range from like half a page to like a couple pages just on how to lead like, a, I guess you'd say like a virtuous life. In the, in the particular adaptation I read, I got it from the library and it said, preferably read uh, in nature next to some running water <laughs> which i did and it was really nice but it's the kind of book that like the read itself is a nice experience like you don't mm. necessarily even have to read it for the knowledge that's in it mm. just the act of reading itself is quite nice and like some some books i think are sort of like listening to smooth jazz music because mm. You're not like waiting for something exciting to happen or like seeing what happens later. You're just sort of like chilling with the experience of it. Weirdly enough, it's sort of like in my brain, quite similar to a book that would be in my probably top 10 or top 15, but was not in my top five, which is The Grapes of Wrath. Because it's, it's all about the wordiness. Like Grapes of Wrath is quite a wordy book, but like... I didn't read it because I was like, oh, I need to know what happens next. It was almost like reading poetry and you were just sort of like experiencing the nice feelings of the description. It's not a very nice situation in the story, but the, <laughs> like the descriptions and stuff are just such a like nice feeling, like interesting feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. It's the same with the Tao Te Ching. Just first of all, it is about an abstract way of going about leading a fulfilling, virtuous life. There's some knowledge in it, but also just the 
it's such a nice relaxing like read that you don't even read to learn what's inside you just read to because reading it is nice That's and it's point. sort of a kind of spiritual book which i always like because i find it interesting the uh ways people see the world through so mm-hmm. yeah i remember it being a very good one mm-hmm. really good ideas on how to live life and it's like three thousand years old so yeah and it's a very short one it's really short you can absolutely read it in one day no matter who you are <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. yeah that's probably how i recommend reading it find a comfortable place in some nature next to some running water and just post up and just read it <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Okay, so that's my number four. That's why I chose that one. All right, so I guess moving on to my number three, which, surprise, surprise, is Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. Oh, okay. It's been teased. I might have mentioned it a few times. Yeah. So why do we sleep? No one actually knows entirely why but it's very useful to basically every part of life and Mm -hmm. every living organism does it to a certain extent that we know it's less why we sleep but why you should sleep yeah why you need to go to bed okay i'm gonna definitely try to be in bed by midnight tonight going to sleep at 2 a.m is too late yeah that is very late yeah god damn yeah i'm probably gonna have to sleep in tomorrow but i I feel so weird waking up at 10 a.m yeah that's late that's very unlike me. I, I still have mixed feelings about getting up at like 6 a.m. right now. It's like, eh, is that, is that too late? Oh, yeah, because you were waking up at 5 a.m. for a while. Yeah. Or a couple of days of four there. It's like, ah, Jeez. so good. So good, but. But yeah, anyways, difficult. sleep is important. I have mildly mixed feelings about the book in that it's given me a lot of anxiety about sleep, really? which is counterproductive. I feel like that's absolutely not the purpose of the book. It's not, no, but I think it's just partly my personality. I get very obsessive about things and I try Mm -hmm. and like control and make systems and plans and whatnot, which I mean, to a certain extent is helpful with sleep. You need to do some planning to make sure you get enough, Mm -hmm. but at a certain point you need to let go, which I think I've been getting better at, Okay, but it does have some good tips like the red glasses they'll probably put on after my tea because tea fogs them up. I kind of want to get some of those. But I actually, what I what I do is I just have the blue light filter on my computer go on like heavy past 9, a, 9 p.m. So you're looking quite red right now on my screen, but I feel like the glasses would probably be better. Yeah, it's nice because it blocks the light around your house too. So yeah, tell, yeah. tell us more about this book, I guess. It's one that I probably talk about more than almost any other book. You definitely reference it a decent amount. Like almost every episode of this podcast, probably. And in a lot of other social situations, it just comes up. It's like, hey, sleep. I know some facts. It's kind of useful. It is actually. Yeah. Very good stuff. So it's things like the red light glasses, like all the things that we talked about in our podcast about sleep. If you want to hear more about it, go listen to that one. It was like two episodes ago, maybe. But yeah, I think. It's definitely had an impact on how much I'm concerned about the amount of sleep I get and how much I plan. And I'm like, okay, these this is when like bedtime is. I have to get stuff done well before then. You know, I gotta plan all this stuff. Okay, that's good. I could probably use a bit more of that myself because, like, I usually am like 
oh, I should be in bed eight hours before I want to wake up. But no, no, no. I yeah. should be in bed at least eight and a half hours before I want to wake up. Mm-hmm. Preferably nine. Yeah, and then you also get into the mental tricks of, okay, but then when I start thinking it's bedtime, oftentimes I'll be in the middle of stuff and I'll have to finish that and then get ready for bed and set up for the next day and all that, and that takes time. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. God, when do I actually have to start? I'm going to bed before midnight tonight. All right, that's good. Okay, well, my, my number three is very different from your number three, Ooh. but quite similar to my number four, kind of. My number three is Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Okay. Oh, yeah, number four, Tao Te Ching, is by uh, Lao Tzu. I didn't say that, but he's long dead and maybe not even one single person, so I don't think he cares. But yeah, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Was that on your list for guessing? No, actually. I think that came up in my mind, but I thought that was an author, Siddhartha. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, Siddhartha is just a story of this dude living in india nepal doesn't really specify where because it's not real but um he basically just like leaves to seek uh like enlightenment i guess he just sort of leaves to like sort of find his way like find what his purpose in the world is i guess it's enlightenment and so he starts by being uh samana they call it not really a monk but an ascetic i guess oh okay and so what they do, like extreme fasting and they have like no possessions. They don't cut their hair, or shave, and they have no clothes. They just have like loincloths and they only eat what they beg for. And yeah, they do like super long fasting when they live in the woods. And then he's like, this is cool, but I'm not getting any enlightenment or anything. Sorry, massive spoilers for the book, by the way. So if you haven't read it, skip for the next couple probably only like two minutes two or three minutes but um and then he is like all right what if i like i'm 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 pretty i'm a pretty smart guy what if i like start being a merchant and work with these merchants and make a lot of money and like date this girl and like have a sexual relationship and stuff and so he does and then he's like, this is cool. Like, I'm rich and stuff. And I got this hot girlfriend. But, like, I'm still not enlightened. Like, you know, I'm just living my life. But I feel like I haven't reached my purpose. And throughout this whole book, he, whenever he crosses the river, there's the river man, who's just mm-hmm. this old ferry driver who lives by the river and has a very, has a pretty simple life, just, like, grows his own food and it just is the ferry driver and gets his money by people paying him whenever he brings them across the river. And he ends up living with the ferry driver and being a ferryman. And so when that one dies, he takes over. It, it's in that simple life and in like observing nature and the river around him that he finally reaches enlightenment. Hmm. And I think that's a very good book because that exemplifies or is where the, I got the idea of like, a good sense of balance in life because it's that's sort of what it's all about it's like he tries having absolutely nothing and being super focused on his fasting and on his asceticism and on all that and then he tries just being all about being a merchant and having uh pleasures like sex and drinks and stuff and then it's like in the somewhere in between that he finds the most fulfilling life. 
And I agree with that. I think that's a good a good lesson to be had. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in the fact that that life seems like it's the one where you're most present, mm-hmm. like in the present moment, because with obviously with the excessive lifestyle, you're not present in the moment. You're thinking about your stuff and all that and the future yeah, there. Your money, your whatever. But then also, I'd never consider that if you are an aesthetic. Aesthetic? Aesthetic. Aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a fun one. If you are a person who has no things and likes to starve themselves, you're probably also kind of obsessing over that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I would guess. And possibly also very scared about where your next meal is coming from. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and like sort of focusing on like almost the next world instead yeah. of this one that you're currently in. Yeah, you're still just constantly thinking about the future, just farther in the future. Actually, maybe not quite so far in the future if you're constantly starving yourself. I, and and I, I think I, I definitely try to live my life that way. Like, I, I definitely am a, a believer of no extremes. A, a moderate life is probably the best. And living out in nature in a river would be nice. That sounds like a pretty chill time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good book. Pretty short, too. Only like 400 pages or something. 400, 450 not bad yeah and it's it's sort of it's sort of a spiritual book too but not really like not openly mm-hmm. it's just like sort of another lifestyle kind of thing. It's in the closet spiritual yeah <laughs> like it is just a story and you can take it as just a story or you can try to like implement some stuff in your life or like if you think there's some truth to it it's a gateway I mean, book to the hardcore stuff yeah <laughs> for sure so yeah that's my number three no that's a good one and what's your number two all right now we move into the top two these ones Mm. had more significant i think impacts on my life so number two is the pursuit of success in a foreign land by tom fam hmm i've never heard of that one (laughs) well there you go so I actually know Tom. He really? used to be part of my Toastmasters club at Ryerson. When I first met him, he had actually just published the book. And it's all about his struggles as an international student here in Canada. He and his identical twin brother arrived here not speaking a word of English by themselves to go to high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. How did that come about? Apparently, that's just a thing people do to just send their kids off to like Canada or some English speaking place to go get a good high school. Hmm. Yeah. That's quite interesting. And the reason that this book is on my list is because it directly led to the creation of this podcast. Really? Yes. Because this book both inspired me. And made me extraordinarily jealous. Why can't I go to high school in a foreign land? It's that this guy, right? He failed the IELTS test four times, which is the English language test you have to take to get into a university. Yeah. English is his second language. He still struggles with it a bit. He's gotten a lot better, though. And he has published this book, and he's selling thousands of copies, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, that's nice. I, on the other hand, got top mark in English in my grade 12 class. 
I did Shakespeare in high school. I know the English language You're like, pretty I've damn well. I've been speaking English forever. And I have nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have done nothing with my life. So you're like, with my English ability, I should be able to write the best book ever. If this exactly. guy can write a good book with his limited English ability. <laughs> exactly. I would freaking knock it out of the park. <laughs> Boy, you know what you got to do, right? What? Got to go to Vietnam. Not speaking any of the language. And then write a book in Vietnamese. That could work. That could work. Mm-hmm. I probably won't, but that could work. It's a long game. Man, at some point, I would like to write a book. I have no idea what about, but... I agree. I think yours would be nonfiction. Mine would be fiction. 100%. I I would very much like to write a book. At some point, but yeah. And I just felt very, I guess, jealous or ticked off at myself for not doing anything. I was like, all right, (laughs) I've been thinking about doing for a podcast for a while. Let's do it right now. Let's go. All right, Evan, you in? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then we did this and then and then we did nice and now we still are it's been when did we do the almost first episode? a year actually almost that's what i was thinking because i'm like it was no we recorded the first one in like june we probably reached out around now though because i was oh yeah never mind yeah it was in the summer because i was like i was living in my apartment but i was doing summer semester I forgot. So it was during the summer, but it was the early summer. So it's it's probably coming up. Let's see when the first one was posted. It was June 17th, 2019. Okay. That's when the first episode was published. That's in a month and a week and a day. Oh, this is great. So uh, the pursuit of success in a foreign land is actually in the show notes for the first episode. Really? But we we didn't mention it at all, I don't think. We might have. I think I did, actually. I have it in brackets here. He gave the speech that inspired Aiden. So I think I mentioned it in talking about why we were starting it. Oh, okay. I I don't think you mentioned the book by name. Maybe. Maybe you did. Maybe. I I may or may not have. But it's in here by name in the show notes. Okay. Also, in the show notes of the first episode... Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by Dr. Matthew Walker. <laughs> so good. I think I just read it then. Ah, uh, okay. So if you were a very uh, avid listener, then you could have guessed all these. Not all these. Some of them. Man, th- this is a quality, quality show notes here. I want to quickly go through them. All right. See what you think. We've got, uh, first off, Mr. Sunday Movies. Because... We were talking about podcasts we liked. Yeah. Then we have the Joe Rogan podcast. Sure. Followed by Joe Rogan podcast interview with Elon Musk. Pretty random, but okay. Followed by not a link, but just just some writing here. Don't take anything we say as actual tax or financial advice. I do not remember what we said. I think we said that we were going to expense stuff to the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, There's also Wesley Snipes tax evasion. I think okay. you brought that up for some reason. Probably. Okay. There's also Super Smash Bros. Brawl, RuneScape, what? Minecraft. What? This is such a random episode. And then also one... everybody knows what Minecraft is. <laughs> but it's in the show notes, just in case yeah. you didn't and you wanted to find out. Yeah. 
Then we have 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Ooh. I, that's that one where it was like, you're going to say some book and I'm going to be like, I should have included that. I don't know if I should have included that. Maybe it would be number six, mm-hmm. but I love that book. There you go. I think I just finished it around the time when we did the first podcast. Yeah, that sounds right. I think so. Because I read it last summer. Very good book. Kind of weird, but so were a lot of my favorite books. So there's that, then Why We Sleep, and then Toastmasters. Good times. Hasn't changed. Pursuit of success in a foreign land. The Hello Internet podcast. And the last one is Ben Shapiro. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Shapiro. Oh, shit. That link doesn't work anymore. I clicked the Ben Shapiro one, but page not found. Is he gone? (laughs) I guess he's dead. Damn. Disclaimer, Ben Shapiro is probably not dead. Who's to say? I don't know. Yeah. See, someone's just going to write that into the Wikipedia article and like cite this episode. Is dead. <laughs> <laughs> you can find out about it, all about it at this episode of Standard Humans Podcast. <laughs> That's a very eclectic show notes. Oh, man. Minecraft. <laughs> hey, guys, I found out this really cool game called Minecraft. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's pretty, pretty indie. But <laughs> well, that's quite something. I might have to browse that later. See yeah. what the hell's going on. Anyways, where were we? <laughs> oh, yeah, you... I just was talking about Pursuit of Success in a Foreign Land. Fantastic yeah. book. It is very good. Did he achieve it? Success? He seems to have actually done pretty well for himself. Oh, good. He's currently a high-ticket closer with Dan Locke. What is that? Dan Locke is, uh, I'm going to say, Chinese-Canadian man big business guy and like physically large (laughs) mildly large and (laughs) but more so monetarily yeah and high ticket closing is you know how people have all these courses or things online that cost like thousands of dollars sure the high ticket closer is the person who gets on the phone with people who are debating whether or not they want to do it and kind of walks them through the process of what it's about and why they should do it so it's kind of closes the sale. Wolf of Wall Streety. Maybe a little bit, but he seems to be making pretty bank doing yeah. it. So pretty Wolf of Wall Streety. Yeah, actually. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, so he seems to be doing quite well. Good on him. How old is he now? About our age. Damn. Wow. Twenty or young twenties. And a successful author. No more than one or two years older, if he's older. I don't know, actually. Anyway, that's quite a good number two. Self-referential. It is, yeah. That took us down a lovely tangent. Mm-hmm. It's great. And yeah, as predicted, my number two is absolutely completely different from that. Wacky. It is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, that one. Why that Very one? good book. It takes place around bombing of dresden okay in world war ii kind of it's just basically the life of this dude and it's it's really hard to explain because the main premise of the story is he's become unstuck in time which means that his consciousness will sometimes be in himself as a young boy 
sometimes during the war, sometimes during his like current life as an optometrist. So it just jumps all around with pretty much no rhyme or reason all throughout his life because it's technically from his perspective, but it's because he's unstuck in time. But it's uh, one of those books that I think it was at the beginning of the trend of you don't know if there's actually some supernatural element Mm. to it or if it's just mental illness he was in the bombing of dresden so he he definitely has some like soldiers ptsd from that and i think he becomes unstuck in time i think his like wife dies or something so it would have brought up a lot of stuff to the surface so he's like maybe like losing his mind or there's some uh some supernatural stuff because it's a book you can't really tell but there's like aliens there's time travel (laughs) there's a lot of stuff but i really like it because one it's very very unique because of the way the story is told and because the main character is just quite like odd and i quite enjoy the the theme one of the main themes is just perspective things that may seem like the biggest deal in the world at the time when you're jumping throughout your whole life may not even show up in your memory hmm. so just like live in the moment and sort of take things not too seriously i guess don't take things overly seriously Oof. yeah that's a good lesson actually yeah so just very very interesting book both the main character and book itself are very unique and Mm -hmm. so if you're looking for something different if you've read a lot of books then i would recommend that one oh one thing one thing that's that sort of drives home the the thing of perspective is he gets abducted by aliens at one point yeah and these aliens can move freely through time like we can move just in space they can move through time as well and so it's just talking about how they think humans are so like like they pity the humans a lot because they're like they're sort of stuck compared to them anyway very hard to explain book but very interesting about just the way you see the world sounds like a cool one and so that's pretty much all i have to say about my number two but before you say number one do you have any honorable mentions i don't know i was actually struggling a little bit to get up to five just in terms of books that are influential, Mm. like have influenced my life. If I was just doing favorites, yeah, sure, I'll throw in a fiction. The Way of Kings, fantastic series by Brandon Sanderson. Oh, yeah, that's why I've heard of it, yeah. They're the most intensely and purely like high fantasy shit, and it's great. They're each like thousand plus page books, but like, it doesn't feel it or it does feel long but it's not drawn out it feels like like, worth it yeah it's still like how did you fit all this content into this these few pages Mm -hmm. and by god is it worth it because he uses that to build and build and build and build and at the end it's just like everything is coming together he uses like he has so many plot lines going and they all just come together perfectly at the end of each of them it's so good Hmm. Yeah, I've heard I've heard his books referenced for how good and concrete his magic system is. 
also true. Yeah, I might have to give those a read. I've been reading a lot of fantasy lately, mm-hmm. like um, the first book of the King Killer Chronicles. Uh, it's called The Name of the Wind. Oh like, yeah, that one's yeah. excellent. You've read it? Yes, uh, I am all caught up on that series. If only um, it would could ever be finished. Oh, it's not done. No, it probably never will be. Oh, George R. R. Martin kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Because there's supposed to be a third one, and I think he got close and like basically wrote it, but then wasn't happy with it and deleted it, and now Damn. there isn't one. Wow! So I, I think the official word is he's working on it, but he's not old. Yeah, isn't the name of the wind Patrick Rothfuss? Yeah. Oh, that's what you said. Okay. Oh, I don't think I said it. I forgot his uh, name. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm about three quarters of the way through the first one. I like it. I don't love the protagonist though <laughs> that's fair because he's kind of dumb sometimes <laughs> like right now i'm at the part where he's like okay spoiler alert for the next two or three minutes but he basically he's at that part where um you know so he's been banned from the, the library right yeah and so he's just made his sympathy lamp that is sort of sort of used like a flashlight. Yeah. And the prof's like, hey, you could use this for burglary. I can't let you sell this. And he's like, ah, damn. Okay, well, could I have it? And the prof's like, sure. Yeah, sure, you can have it. You made it. And then he, like, I, I just finished that chapter. And at the end of it, he's like, I needed some money quick. So I'm going to break into the freaking library. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> why do you need to do it that way the way that's definitely going to get you expelled <laughs> i don't know if it does but like probably because he says he gets expelled and he's like i'm gonna break into the library you're so dumb why would you do it that way <laughs> there's so many more ways yeah. to make money you could literally steal it <laughs> that would probably be a smarter option yep <laughs> quite possibly <laughs> yeah so yeah just things like that like i don't love the protagonist for because i'm like why would you do that but the writing style and stuff is very nice oh it's excellent and the yeah. world building yeah fantastic. Oh, I, I love that yeah, yeah. it's so but, good yeah the main complaint i've heard or that i agree with is that the main character is a bit of a mary sue at times what the hell's a mary sue a mary sue comes from a specific i think it's star trek fanfic that was oh. written by Mary Sue and it stars Mary Sue. And it's basically she is on the bridge of the Star Trek em- Enterprise with all the characters. And the plot line basically resolves around her being able to solve any problem and all the other characters loving her. Oh, that's another thing that I, I had a bit of a problem with the book. It's like, yeah, this dude. He's basically just like the sickest guy ever and he can he's literally the best at everything. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a bit of that. It's just like and it's like they even acknowledge it in the book. It's like, yeah, I'm just like smarter than everyone else and just better at magic for some reason. <laughs> he's like, Man. I'm just really good at stuff. And you haven't even got to the second one yet. <laughs> and oh my god. 
it does get worse. I don't think I'm going to read the second one because it's a bit much in the first one. He's like, you learned that in three weeks. And he's like, I learned it in like three days. I just spent the remaining two and a half weeks jacking off. (laughs) You know, just like shit like that. I'm like, all right, bud. So, Uh. yeah, the protagonist is not incredibly likable. Which is kind of an issue in this sort of book because he should be quite likable, but it is it is a good book. It is a good world building, and it's, but the world build like I want to go there. I want to go. Oh my god! Place. Yeah, it sounds so cool. Everything around the protagonist, phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> but just the protagonist, you're like, all right, we get it. You're just like the best guy ever, even though you make dumb decisions. But honestly, I didn't have too much of a problem with it reading it. It's more so looking back that I was like, oh yeah, goddamn. Everything did go his way. Okay, yeah. Yeah. When he makes terrible decisions, I'm like, you should have been expelled like three times already. Like, how'd you get away with that? Probably. Yeah. There you go. He's just so smart. I I feel like because this is told by him, I I sort of am like running a parallel version of my brain where he's just sort of like a cringy guy who thinks he's so good at everything. And so I picture he's like, he's like that dude that just like plays guitar all the time that nobody asks for. And they're like, all right, you can play Enter the Sandman by Metallica, like sick. But we didn't, (laughs) we didn't ask to hear it. Quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great term, a Mary Sue. It is, because yeah. He is that that describes my gripes with the book so well. Mm-hmm. So that was honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, yeah. Unless you have any others, I would say I would say yeah, one hundred years of solitude because I forgot about it. Oh, I guess for a little while in like early high school, my favorite book was Fahrenheit four fifty one. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't really remember why. I think because it, it was just the first book like that that I ever read. So I was like, damn, this is so good. And then I found a bunch of other ones that are similar, but kind of better. But it is <laughs> it is still pretty good. And I read a lot of like Orwell as well. I really liked Orwell, like uh, Animal Farm, 1984, yeah, good? that sort of stuff. Yeah. Good, but not my favorites anymore. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. They feel very high school. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they feel very high school. Like, bro, we live in a society. <laughs> This is what you're going to be doing after you exit high school. That, that's, that's those whole books. It's like guide to society. What would you say is your number one? So in terms of life-changing books, the books that have changed your life, I would say that my number one pick is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. <laughs> is your house clean as fuck now? It's actually a little un- unkempt right now, right. but by going through this book and then having Jess go through it as well, I'd say it's not an exaggeration that we probably removed half of the items in our house. Oh, wow. That's quite good. It was pretty intense. Yeah. Like I didn't even know we had that much stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but then it was gone. That must be a nice feeling. Yeah, quite. Like, it's kind of messy right now, so it it doesn't feel particularly minimalist or anything, but not that this book is about minimalism per se. More minimal. It It was just such a cool philosophy that I think is 
more accessible than a lot of other more hardcore minimalisty things this idea of just picking up every item and asking if it brings you joy this something that's actually like adding value to my life that's pretty good yeah and then being able to surround yourself with only things that bring a lot of value to your life and make you happy Hmm. okay yeah i like that i may read it i would say i'm definitely i definitely have a ton of shit where i'm like i'd get rid of that i want to get rid of that i don't need that but it's just i don't know what to do with it (laughs) like i just need the motivation to actually put it in a bag and drop it off at like a charity or something there you go maybe at some point you can do that does Mary Kondo give you the motivation to do that? She definitely did for me, yeah. The book okay. is very much like a guidebook, I'll say, a lot of the time. And like it walks you through like step by step how to do everything. But also has a lot of great stories and whatnot. Hmm. Explanations. And I also just recently ordered both the companion book, which is Spark Joy, which you don't need to get if you're just going through it. But apparently it has a lot of really good illustrations and whatnot in it. Like she goes through like closed folding methods and examples of things wow. and whatnot. Yeah, so it's just like, it's basically like the, uh, what do you call it? The Similarian? Silmarillion? Silmarillion, yeah. Of, <laughs> of the Marie Kondo world. That's funny. That's huh. kind of how I think of it. And she came out with a new book like a month ago called Joy at Work, which is all about, I think, creating joy in an office space that she co-wrote with some I think productivity or office person. I didn't actually look them up. That's definitely going to be everyone in an office environment is going to be like, have you read this book? It's actually really good. Well, it's a reason I got a standing desk. <laughs> like All that sort of stuff. Maybe. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it is. See if I obsess over it and make an episode out of it. Maybe. It's entirely Mary possible. Mary Kondo universe. That's going to be one podcast. The Kondoverse. Yeah. Man, that's actually becoming a thing with all of her books and like her Netflix show and everything. True. Yeah. You like the MCU? I like the Condoverse. That's my favorite fictional universe. So good. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> got the life changing magic of tidying up. You got Spark Joy, uh, Joy at Work. You got the life changing manga of tidying up. Got... Really? Yeah. <laughs> It's just a manga about a girl who hires Marie Kondo as her, like, cleaning consultant and, I think, turns her life around. Wow. Yeah. I really want to see Marie Kondo's house. I feel like it would look like the Fortress of Solitude. Maybe, yeah. Or just a nice house. I don't know. (laughs) Probably be just a nice house. Yeah. Might be mildly messy in that she has, like, toddlers, I think. Probably not. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, no. (laughs) They probably know how to tidy this shit up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's probably like the first thing they're taught in life. Tidy your shit up. It was also so wacky, but also so interesting in that tidying up has been her interest throughout her life, like consistently. As a child, she was tidying up her house and like throwing away other people's shit at one point, which she doesn't recommend doing, but like... She said, this is a mistake I made as a kid. (laughs) Just secretly getting rid of things that she didn't think other people were using. I can see how that would have, that would definitely have, I guess the purpose of that book is to have a concrete, permanent lifestyle effect. Yeah, very much so. That's like very observable, I guess. Yeah, 
And it's very interesting too, because the whole idea of it kind of is that she doesn't have any relapses with people who go through the system. This is a, once you do it, you're done kind of thing. If you go through it properly. I guess it makes sense. Cause it's, hmm, that's it's quite like interesting. do one extreme environment change, get it all good. And then you're good. That's probably harder to switch back. Yeah, exactly. It, that it's much better if you do it like that than if you do it gradually, because if you do it gradually, you're still going to be keeping some of the bad habits of like buying random shit that you don't actually want hmm. and bringing it in and filling your house with that stuff. Impressive. Yeah. What about gifts from family members? What are you supposed to do with those? Uh, save them till last, first off, for when you sort through them. But okay. then... If it isn't bringing you joy, I think ultimately get rid of it. But yeah, Fair I f- enough. I'm trying to remember what exactly she said. I don't remember if this was a strategy from the book or not. I don't think it was. I think this is something I heard somewhere else. One thing I saw someone do, I want to say it was on YouTube. Maybe it was one of the minimalists, was that they took a photo of all the sentimental items that they got rid of, and they actually made like a photo book out of it. So that people would come over. It's like a coffee table book. And he was... All your shit I got rid of. (laughs) Yeah, it was surprising. He said at one point he had a couple over that he's friends with. And they were going through the book and he realized, oh shit, one of the gifts they got me is in there. (laughs) I feel like that would definitely happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then they got to it and they're like, oh my God, the thing we got, you made it into the book. That's so cool. Whoa. He's like... Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know. Sentimental items like that is kind of hard. Yeah. But, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe have to read that. My number one, the only similarity is that it comes from Japan. Interesting. Uh, it is by Haruki Murakami. Okay. Norwegian Wood. Oh. Was that okay. on your list? It was not. Okay. What are the books on your list that weren't named? I had three, so there's the Tao Te Ching, there was the Secret Life of Trees, and then... Oh, shit! Okay. <laughs> That's at least an honorable mention. That's really good. Probably top ten. Definitely top ten. There you go. I, yeah, I thought that one was going to be on there. And then I also remember you got really into that travel book for the Japanese island. Oh, the uh, 88 Temple Pilgrimage. Yeah, I didn't know if that would be influential, but... The book itself was like pretty good, but it it was just a journalist. He was just documenting him doing the pilgrimage. Mm. And I just, I got really into it because I still do, I guess, just want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that sounds like such a cool thing to do. I want to do like those pilgrimage walk things. They sound awesome. They do. Yeah. I, I got into it for like more the fact that I'm like, I can actually go into the world and do this. Not because the book itself is particularly amazing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. really sure about that one. I was just like, uh, what other books have you mentioned? Yeah, that one's, that that one's like? pretty good. Yeah. Okay, Norwegian Wood. What's that? I don't think you've mentioned that. Shout out to Secret Life of Trees. Such a good book. <laughs> Would highly recommend, especially if you appreciate nature. Um, but no, Norwegian Wood is a fiction book about this guy, Toru. It's basically his journey from, like, it sort of starts in late high school, but it mainly starts, like, very start of university. And just, like, his young adulthood 
and I think I think it's just such a good book because I read it when I was pretty much at the exact uh, life stage of the author or not the author of the he was like forty of the protagonist, and it's it's just such a a good like you just gotta like live life. <laughs> You know, so you're doing like stuff happens, tragedy happens that you have to deal with. But like, and sometimes like the correct path forwards isn't clear in your life. Like he is interested in like this woman or that woman, or like he could hang out with this guy or he could not. But I enjoy it because it's just such a great depiction of a realistic life, like all thoughts and everything included. It's a bit of a sad book. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't say any one part of it. I mean, maybe one part of it. But, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, hugely sad. But just when I des- when I describe the plot to people in depth, I'm like, everyone's like, so this is, like, super sad. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. It doesn't really seem like it when you read it. But just the way it sort of depicts how the inner workings of somebody's brain can affect how they live their whole life i guess how different people deal with stuff in life differently and why and how that affects them and how different outlooks can make you live your life differently and like different life philosophies make you live your life differently and make different choices that's that's one that I, I always have difficulty explaining but you just sort of have to read okay oh but uh it's not as perverted as people online think it is <laughs> there's only a little bit of weird sex stuff so don't let that stop you <laughs> only a little bit <laughs> only only a bit okay it's, most of the books not about that a lot of people online are like this author's kind of a pervert and i'm like no <laughs> it's just interesting it's part of the story <laughs> it's just interesting it's yeah. it's a narrative device yeah some some parts are like kind of weird, but you know, <laughs> you'll get past it. You, it's it's all part of the story. It makes sense. Yeah, this this one author actually. There, I saw a bingo page of his books because he's a lot of, yeah. he does sort of mystical, uh, fiction, uh, or like fantastical realism. I guess this is the only the only book of his I've read that has like absolutely no supernatural elements, mm-hmm. completely grounded in reality it's just like this person may have existed you don't know there's there's so many common things that draw all the characters all the main characters in this author's books together that there's like a bingo chart and that i think it's like this is probably what the author himself is like because all his protagonists are like this but it's hard to say and it's like pretty much a loner listens to a lot of jazz drinks a lot of whiskey if something in the, the mystical realism books is like talks to cats because they can talk back a lot of the time oh he um has a uh, a weird thing for ears <laughs> like often in his books attractive women's ears are like described quite at length interesting <laughs> okay but um yeah it's funny there, there are a lot of tropes like that in his books but totally would recommend very <laughs> unique feeling of a fiction book. Yeah. I would say my favorite book, Norwegian Wood. Interesting. Okay. High praise. 
but also hard to recommend because of the occasional weird sex stuff. So yeah, those are our top five favorite books slash most influential books. Yours, I feel like, are much more concretely influential. And I, I would say mine are pretty much exclusively, like, I guess, how you live, like, purpose of life, like, why people are the way they are sort of thing. So it's it's pretty interesting how, how different we our our uh, preferences were there. Yeah. Except for except for number four for you. That totally could have maybe been on my list. Possibly, yeah. You should but, give it a read. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I've been told. So yeah, uh listeners, if you've got any particular ones that you think based on our tastes we would enjoy, please let us know. Or if you had any of the same books on your top five lists, you know, send us uh a phone call to our home phones there you go yeah yeah i would definitely recommend everybody give at least some of those a read from both of our lists definitely yeah and until next time goodbye goodbye